spirituality, tarot, motherhood, hard questions, relationships, shadow work. (sighs) Let's unravel. I'm your host, Goddess of Abundance. Let's get into some deep shit. So, um, by the time you guys hear this, the full moon and cancer will be over, but just think about how you felt around Martin Luther King Day, if you are hearing this later on, which you will be. So, if you can recall, um, the full moon and cancer, cancer is the mother of the zodiac. I'm a cancer uh, we are ruled by the moon. Uh, so the full moon in Cancer has a lot of energy. Cancer energy um, has a lot of insecurity. Not in terms of like, you know, self-confidence. It's not really usually around that. In fact, Cancers are usually really confident in the things that they they know they're really good at. Like cooking and supporting other people. Things like that. But... There's a maternal insecurity. And because the cancer is the mother of the zodiac, and now with me experiencing motherhood, I understand this maternal insecurity that where there's always like this question of, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I there? Am I present enough? Am I supporting, you know, my child enough? Am I supporting myself enough? And lately... I have been doing these exercises where I have been kind of like taking a walk through my inner dialogue, the inner voice I have, and I have been noticing that like my inner voice is so flighty and impatient in times, and this was my mother. My mother was very impatient with me. Um, she's impatient with herself. She was a teen mom, so she wasn't really regulated in terms of her emotions. And I don't know if you all have known this, but, um, there is some pseudoscience around, uh, mothers stopping their development whenever they give birth. So kind of being a part of them being emotionally stunted and kind of frozen at the time that they give birth. So, if you're in a black, melanated, Latino community, you know a lot of us have instances of teen pregnancy and pregnancy in the youth, so or pregnancy at least in adolescence, which is until age 24. And so if your mom had you as a teen, then part of her was emotionally stunted and her body kind of like stopped developing to take care of her and she switched into the role of taking care of you or preparing for your childbirth or preparing to give birth. So a lot of the things that she was supposed to learn, evolve, develop, don't get a chance to develop because the body takes on this new priority. So that is what the pseudoscience is around. You can look more into that if you're interested. But I have becoming more curious about my healing lately. And just like addressing my inner dialogue, and like I said, I realized that this voice can be very impatient. And it's not just my mom's voice that's in my inner dialogue. It's kind of like a composition of narratives of people in my life who I believed more than I believed 
myself, if that makes sense. So at some point, I believe my parents more than I believe myself. Like, regardless of how I felt in my own body, I took my parents' words as law. You know, when I think about how immature I was when I had my first boyfriend and him being so much older than me, like I was like 15 and my first boyfriend was 26. So, yeah, we'll unpack that later. But, yeah, that was deep. I know. So he I took everything that he said as law um, and kind of like a lot of it was manipulation because he was indeed a trigger warning, trigger warning. He was indeed a pedophile because I was 15 and he was 26. And so obviously he was very mentally manipulative and emotionally abusive and controlling and um, very condescending. And then I ended up picking more partners like that because, you know, that was my preference because that was my practice. It wasn't my preference because I knew what I wanted because I didn't know really what I wanted. I was 15 years old, but I kept picking partners like that, that were emotionally abusive, very impatient with me, which this is the scope that I learned from my household. Now, in general, a lot of times, you know, growing up in the 90s, a lot of us were latchkey kids. Our parents had two and three jobs. So we were in a rush environmentally. We were in a rush. Our parents were in a rush. Our parents didn't have a lot of time, a lot of stability, a lot of money, a lot of resources. And when we did have, when they did have resources, like they did have more resources than we do, especially when it comes to childcare, because, you know, they had retired aunts and uncles. And I think that a lot of kids in the 90s, were kind of raised collectively. Like me, I was raised by my grandmother. I spent a lot of time with my aunts. Um, you know, a couple times my uncles, cousins stepped in, stuff like that. We had a whole, there was a whole community. It might have not been a positive one, the best one, but it was a community. My mom had support. Fast forward to now, millennial parents. Our parents, they are young. They don't want to be... <laughs> They don't want to be involved. They don't want to. They claim that they did it on their own, but they really did it. <laughs> they had a lot more support than we did. And then if you are having a pandemic, baby, you're not even allowed to have that support because you got a quarantine. So that's just my millennial rant because we do go through a lot of trauma. Like, oh, yeah, we're having our first babies. We're getting married. Hello, it's a pandemic. Ready to graduate high school. Hello, it's a recession. The job sucks. There's no pension for you. Like, it's just no wonder we're so creative, right? Like, I would never, um, when we look at the full picture, we are a very creative generation. And we are pioneering so many wonderful things and making this place, this world more accepting and loving and creative for our children and I'm happy about that but we are the children of warfare in so many ways actual warfare from 9-11 uh domestic warfare with a country that's just been divided since forever but even more divided after certain leadership um but all those things make up the voice like the traumas that we've endured they make up that inner voice so now when we're adults, when we're assessing that inner dialogue, that voice that tells you, you can't do this, you're not enough for this, you need to work harder, you need to do more, you need better something, you need a better body, you need a better this and that, you need more of this, higher this or that. 
um, more likes, more content, more uh, visibility, more influence, all these things. It's usually adding up to uncertainty. And so the full moon in cancer is trying to offer you a opportunity to reparent yourself, to to find that voice, that inner dialogue, and pivot some of the things that we just are we just know and have them pass through those three doors. Have you ever heard of those three doors? I don't know if it was in the Buddhist community or where I heard this from. It's escaping me right now, but it's like when you are saying something out of your mouth, let it pass through the three doors. Is it kind? Uh is it true? And is it necessary? Something like that. Don't quote me. But I think we have to have those doors in our mind. Like, before we feed those words to the rest of our body, before we feed those words to our soul, asking ourselves, like, right now, what's on your mind? You know, what what are the constant feelings that you have? The most frequent feelings, the most frequent thoughts. Because that is what your life is. Your life is your most frequent thought. So... Right now, I'm living proof. Like, I've been saying I'm a hot mess. And baby, my apartment is a hot mess because that is what I've been telling myself. I'm a mess. You know, I'm two weeks postpartum. I am hormonal. I am not snatched back. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be snatched back or if that is a thing. I, I don't even know if it's possible. Like, I know some people say, oh... I got my original body back, but it's just like motherhood literally morphs you. The experience of labor literally morphs you into something else. And so if you, it's like trying to return to something after the story is already over. Like you can't go back because you're literally something new. Even if you make yourself look physically similar, something happened to you. You brought a life into this world by your own vessel. So even if you do look the same, you're still not the same. You're changed forever. And I think that birthing people, you know, people in general, we have to find a way to be more gentle with ourselves. And I think that starts with the inner dialogue and what we expose ourselves to in our environment. Um, The content that we're streaming and what we're streaming in our heads, what broadcasts we're streaming to our souls You know, I think that that requires a lot more reflection. And then the second part is that definitely requires a lot more intention. So when we call that awareness to how do you genuinely feel about yourself? What do you believe about yourself to be true? What is that constant replay, rerun in your head? Where did it come from? Playing that investigator. Who told you that? Whose voice is that? Is it yours? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it supportive? How come you're willing to be a better friend to others than you are to yourself? Why do you have all the patience in the world for everybody else but you? Why do you have all the patience in the world for everybody except for your partner, the one in your corner? Why are you so hard on them? Why are your expectations so high for them, but you're so lenient with everyone else? Is it because you know they're not going anywhere? Have you learned to take advantage? These are some honest questions we have to ask about ourselves because if we don't, 
and we let certain things go unanswered mm. it's deep shit just take a deep breath <sighs> let that shit go <sighs>